Hi, and welcome to the Talking Forest podcast. This is your host, Kendra Burns, and I'm really excited today to work with Maryland Forest Association and their Faces of Forestry campaign. They have brought on someone who's very well faceted in this, Senator Jack Bailey. I'm so excited to have you on. I'm going to introduce you to the audience and read some of your biography for them, and then we'll go into the interview questions um, and don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, so the biography from the crops to horses, um, he spent a lot of time with his grandfather and father hunting, fishing, farming, and forest land, and he has his conservation mindset. He eventually purchased the 60-acre farm that adjoins his parents, marketing the family farm connection, and it makes it so strong because it's the next generation of stewards and conservationists, and he can share that with his children. Uh, he grew up and his goal of sharing the natural resources and the wonders with his son and daughter walking in the woods with them comes as no surprise that when he grew up, the senator's father was an agro agronomist who went to the University of Maryland while his mother was a 4-H agent in Cecil County. And being connected to the soil and beneath our feet the, in the farms, in the forest, that spring is just part of his DNA. So I'm proud to bring him on because he feels at home in forestry. He thoroughly enjoys work, the work of the woodland management and seeing all the different parts of Maryland. They're so diverse in Maryland. There's many different parts. Different counties have um, different regions with different types of land management. So working with the property owners to improve their woodlands through the harvests and showing value to proper forest management was one of his rewarding parts of his time in forestry. So extending beyond the natural resources police, the education and advocacy for pre protecting our land and its resources, his efforts in the in International Conservation Chiefs Academy started in 2017. And he said, we all have a goal of protecting these resources and passing them on to the next generation. He passes on those lessons in the natural resources officers from across the globe through the academy working to educate and direct the funding and required action for depletion or endangered resources in the right way. His advocacy involves with the Hunters of Maryland and Maryland's Legislative Sportsman Caucus, much closer to home. He's also a member of the Southern Maryland Agricultural Development Commission since 2019, advocating for farmers and agriculture. Going from natural resources realm to General Assembly, Officer Bailey became Senator Bailey. And I'm very excited to bring him on today to discuss these many things and some of the issues facing our forests and why Faces of Forestry is such a great campaign. So welcome, Senator Bailey. Welcome. Thank you very much. It is my pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Um, you've done a lot. You have a lot of great experience and you share my um, very humble beginnings with forestry as well. And I was just on the West Coast um, and, you know, the East Coast is much warmer. So there are different climates there. But I also grew up in 4-H um, and it absolutely shaped who I am as long as as long with uh, Future Farmers of America. So that program also brought me to where I am today. And I'm so glad that you have been sharing this and growing with future generations and forestry really is a generational type work because it takes so long and you know the succession of trees isn't just an overnight process it's not something that you can just plant trees and walk away um i'm glad that you're an advocate for forest management so i <clears throat> was growing up and i obviously we needed a little bit of income and uh i started my first job working for a 
forester. And the first thing I did was learn how to mark timber. And then, um, you know, we painted the trees, we measured, measured and painted the trees working mainly with timber stand improvement. Uh, and then we started cruising timber. And I have done that from the Eastern shore to Western Maryland and learned a lot, learned a lot about the diversity that exists in Maryland's uh, from our coastal plain all the way to the mountains of Garrett County. So uh, there's many different management practices, but the biggest thing that I would say right now is it's, it's so important that we uh, have a good commercial forestry in Maryland. It brings so much to our economy. It is uh, important in the whole scheme of things when we talk about the health of the Chesapeake Bay because the health of the Chesapeake Bay is dependent and reliant upon a healthy forest in the state of Maryland. And the only way we can have a healthy forest is through a good commercial forestry program. There is a lot of people that want to help out. And they want to do things, but we have to understand there's a distinct difference between preservation and conservation. And we need to work for conservation. Yeah, that's because because if a tree gets too old, uh, that tree starts to die. It is not doing anything to preserve um, or to help the Chesapeake Bay. It actually starts working backwards. We want to work so we have healthy forests, and the way we do that is through a good commercial industry. Yeah, absolutely. And that practice is um, hard to balance. And I think that some of the coming together and some of the meetings and, you know, having a caucus talk about these kind of things. Also, I was impressed where I grew up where they had um, the state economists working together to talk about forest products and being able to see where the forest products were. And I've had, you know, someone as simple as a waitress come up to me after a work day. I've been documenting foresters in the field. And, you know, she asked me, she goes, what's forestry? And I said, well, the table that I'm sitting on and the paper that you're using, the napkins, um, that's forestry. Those are things that you need in a daily life to survive. Um, and that is exactly, you know, that balance of being able to be sustainable, but also manage and do it right. There's no doubt forestry is important in our everyday life. Everything we use comes from either agriculture or forestry. And utilizing our natural resources is extremely important to our future, um, but it's important that we utilize them uh, the right way. Yes, absolutely. And so that's what we do moving forward. And um, being stewards of the land is something that just came naturally to you. That was something that was, you know, embedded in you and being able to teach that and, and bring that to people why it's important. And so what I'm finding out in um, where I live now, and I went from the, the West Coast to the East Coast. And so I'm learning that, you know, even hunting clubs are important because that still conserves the land, but people are also able to understand that they need to keep the land a certain way so that they can have grouse moving through so that they can have the edge of the forest and buffers to prevent erosion and flooding. And I think that your work in hunting um, is really interesting. And you shared a very interesting statistic about senators in your state. And uh, can you talk more about that? 
So there's uh, in the state of Maryland, there's 47 senators. And out of 47 senators, there's one that actually has a hunting license. And um, uh, that's yours truly. There is um, uh, only a few of us, even though quite a few of us represent uh, agricultural and farmland, there's only a few of us that probably have a, uh, have a tractor parked in their barn or in their lean-to. And there's, there's probably uh, only a handful of us at all that actually uh, you know, spend their time uh, on a tractor whether it be you know cleaning something up or working uh, working land or issues um, such as that, there we are very few and uh, far between. Yeah, so that's really important that you're representing us in that way, and I'm very excited um, to see that you understand. And some of the bills that come through, I'm sure you can see. Um, you said here the the right to hunt and fish bill um, being backed by Maryland Forest Association, just having that and showing people why it's important. Um, those are kinds of things that you can work now on the level that you're at and the role that you're in now. So can you talk more about your role and how that plays in Maryland? So <clears throat> I am the chairman or the Senate chairman of the Sportsman's Caucus for Maryland. And the Sportsman's Caucus for Maryland is a bipartisan group. Uh, and we work uh, from all facets of uh, sportsmen. I mean, this last year, we looked at the right to hunt and fish, which we were able to get passed, but that was not an effort that I was able to pull off by myself. I mean, we worked across the aisle. Many people um, worked uh, this issue, many lobbyists, um, the hunters of Maryland, uh, they worked it very extensively. And we were able to do this and we became, I think, the 24th state in the nation that has uh, legislation such as this. And um, quite frankly, it's been something that's been on the table uh, trying to get passed for quite some years. And so uh, I was just able uh, and had the fortunate uh, ability to be the sponsor of that, uh, of that bill. And so I was, I was real happy to be able to get that through. Yeah, absolutely. And you made sure that that one got passed because it's important to the history of your state. I mean, some of the flags that are hanging out in, you know, states have these kinds of things representing they have fish, they have elk, you know, deer are on their their state flags. Um, for me, I have George Washington because, you know, George Washington and Washington State. Um but that's really important that you represent that and that you have the right to be able to do those things and that your police force backs you up on those things. Some of my favorite shows are um, Backwoods, Outlaws, and those kind of things. And I like watching, so I've been watching New Hampshire, Vermont, and Maine go through, you know, making sure that people have their, their correct licenses to hunt. They have their correct fishing tags, d deer tags all of that thing. And, you know, the reason why it's so important is because their conservation officers want to make sure that we can interface the public with the land and the animals that choose to still be here. And, um, yeah, the, some of those species, moose, um, buffalo in different states, depending on where you're at, can, can become endangered. And we want to make sure we have enough for people and the land. So I've had the pleasure of doing some podcasts uh, with some of those uh, with some of those individuals 
uh, for some of those shows. And I'll have to say I was a natural resource officer for 30 years. Um, so we could uh, go down several rabbit holes uh, <laughs> and telling stories about uh, about that. But that's but that's uh, very important yeah. that uh, that we maintain the fact that um, our natural resources are not abused and that uh, they are here for future generations. That's what's so important and uh, sort of a, a it was sort of the a guiding force for myself as a as a child growing up was the time that I looked back on and I saw just how, what I, where I had the most fun and what I really enjoyed. And I enjoyed being outdoors with either of my uh, grandfathers uh, when they taught me about conservation. When we went fishing, we went hunting, uh, we did whatever. I, they were the things that made me who I am today. And um, um, being a dad with uh Two teenage uh, children at home. We really enjoy being out on the river or being in a duck blind Saturday morning. I took a bunch of children and we had a, uh, a youth duck hunt and uh, some of the kids were able to get their first teal and they just had a, uh, they had a great time. And um, that's what it's all about. I mean, some people say, oh my goodness, you were up at 4.30 making them breakfast. I was like, well, <clears throat> that's what it's, that's what it's all about. Getting to watch that sunrise, getting to watch everything um you know as it wakes up in the morning and when the when the first birds or uh animals different things cry out in the morning and they're you know it's dark and they're like what is that and you get to explain to them uh what it is and when different things fly around you show them who, what it is and why it is that uh, specific uh bird um it is uh it's all a learning experience and learning is very contagious Yes. And when you're out there um, uh, with children and with young people and you're able to teach them, uh, they want to learn. Once they realize they're learning, then they come back and they want to learn more. And so uh, one thing I would say about uh, forestry and the outdoors and agriculture, um, I even though I know quite a bit about it, spent a lot of time out there, I still meet people that I learn uh, every day. And you're never too old to learn about our environment and how we can make sure that it's sustainable for the future. Yes, absolutely. I call that lifelong learning. And it's so cool that you're an advocate of that. And I feel absolutely grateful that I grew up in the Olympic mountains next to the Cascades. Um, I got to recreate in the Hood Canal, which is the same place that Bill Gates recreated. And I grew up a little bit differently with with waterfowl. However, we chose uh, clamming, shrimping, crabbing, uh, some some salmon, fishing, um, but mostly seafood. That's what I was raised on uh, and my two generations below me were raised on. And so absolutely going out there. I know for a fact that we went out during crab season in a week of July. Um, and, you know, being in that camp, I learned a process you know, that most don't learn today. And that is we had an outhouse. Uh, we had to go get river water and I learned how to clean some of our uh, black iron uh, cooking utensils with river rock. And having to do that, I had to carry as a kid five gallon buckets up a hill. And that was our, our rinsing water, you know, and, and that kind of thing. I learned how to drive a pickup truck 
uh, in that area. And it was just something that, you know, you, you say you share the same sentiment and you keep sharing it and I want to share it with others. And I think it's really important. Um, so also another question I have is if you could teach the public something in forestry, what would it be? I think the biggest issue is why forestry is so important to our everyday life, right? Why it's so important for the harvest, for the harvest of our mature trees, right? And the damaged trees. Uh, we wanna work so that we make sure we have um, a uh, forest that is growing at its best. Uh, and that way we do that through harvesting the mature and the damaged trees. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also a process that needs to be done that needs to be more recognized and that is salvage. Um, why would you need salvage? Well, there are wildfires and in the West where I grew up, that is something where, you know, we have trees that aren't fully burned. We have stumps that could be used and people, I would like to help people understand myself that every part of the tree can be used for something. So, absolutely, and we uh, on the East Coast, uh, we don't have as many of the forest fires as what you have, uh, what you are accustomed to out on the West Coast. But we do uh, get a lot of storms. Yes. Uh, and so when we get a hurricane in here uh, in the fall, it can be a knockdown a tremendous amount of trees. Those trees are still usable. Now, if you have a tornado uh, and the trees are twisted that clearly uh, can cause a lot of uh, obstacles. But uh, when we get a, a significant amount of rain, which we've had in you know, the last uh, decade or so compared to what we've had uh, before, uh, when those trees get blown over, uh, they are still good and they're still a, a resource that we can use before they start to uh, get to a level of decay that we can't use them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do see piles of wood sort sometimes in the east and i do assume that it would be from hurricane winds um tornadoes coming down all those types of things it's not going to waste and sometimes since i'm a forester by trade i can go see if they have marks and if they have markings uh whether you know all that paint that senator bailey was talking about earlier could be orange yellow any different color but that you know that means that it's going to be put to use and put in a um a, a table or put into paper and pulp, put into biomass, and that at least it's sorted and going somewhere eventually. So the next question is, what are the major issues facing our forests and wood sector today? So uh, I think the, the biggest thing, and I see it from Annapolis, is uh, I think it's critical that, uh, that we understand that everyone wants uh, a healthy forest and everybody thinks they're doing the right uh, thing, but, but there's a, something that uh, gets confused and it's the definition between preservation and conservation. Um, and we want to conserve, conserve our forest land. Uh, and by conserving it properly and having a healthy forest, that will give us the healthiest Chesapeake Bay. And that's... Uh, that's what I think uh, is the biggest issue that, that we have is so that people actually understand 
uh, how we can make sure we have a healthy forest. And then the next question to add to that is how would you like to see forestry and the wood sector change? I think when we, uh, you mentioned something about us being stewards of the land. And I think the issue is that we have to make sure that people uh, are educated. I think that uh, they need to have a respect for the outdoors. And uh, by doing so, uh, that will mean that we're all working for the future, not only for our generation, but for generations to come. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes so much sense um, to preserve and, and conserve and make sure that, you know, we can all enjoy for more generations going out. Um, and that's so, so important. So the last question in our interview today is um, an effort that's been going on by many stakeholders and we all came together and it started out as the North American Forest Partnership, but it is now known as Forest Proud. And I was wondering, what does Forest Proud mean to you personally? I think that you all did a great job in being able to define what it is to be a good steward moving forward. And whether you're a property owner um, of forest or whether you live actually in a city, if you look at their, the statement of Forest Proud and you see whether you just enjoy hiking or whether you actually are out fishing on the bay, it's all relevant to having a healthy forest. And I think that's what we should all be striving for. Absolutely. It's all connected. And that is one of the messages that I align with is that there isn't just one single act that can keep this all together. It is a movement of everyone working together. And I'm very happy to see you in the Senate doing your job and your background makes so much sense in what you're doing and the caucuses that you're involved in and your work of moving you know, bills forward that makes sense for the outdoor sector. I appreciate your work. Thank you very much. Really appreciated being here with you and your listeners today. Yes, thank you so much, Senator Bailey. Have a great one. Okay, you too. Recording stopped. All right. Well, so I will um, edit the file. I'll take out hesitations, ums, ahs, pauses, and I will send this to uh, Chris, your... Christina. Christina. Yep, there's other Christinas yep. I work with too, so <laughs> I wanted to make sure. Yeah, no, I thought it went okay. Yeah. Did you think so? Yes, it's absolutely so simple to clean up, and it's it's nice when we have people who are um, public presenters naturally. People have already been on, you know, TV shows and all that. Uh, it's so much easier. And you know, for me, I was a 4-H uh, public presenter. That's what I did when I was 10 years old. So it just comes naturally, and I love being on stage. It's um, easier for me to have the room than it is for me to be in the room. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's well said. So, so well, thank you very much and uh, really appreciate it. Yep. I don't want to take any more of your time. So you have a, a great one. Okay. You too. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.